1: Welcome to the Smirkanish podcast for independent minds.
2: Yesterday, 22,103 votes cast. Thank you for the voting. Is Chris Christie running because he wants to knock out Donald Trump or because he thinks he can win? Chris Christie doesn't like the poll question. I heard him say in a soundbite, not with specificity to my asking it, but because a lot of people are wondering, what's the real motivation? Two thirds, 66.5% said he's there to knock out Trump. 33.5% said he's there to win. Trump, Christie says they're not mutually exclusive. Yeah, I want to knock him out and I think I can win. But I think you get the gist of where I was going in terms of his motivation. With regard to the wording of today's poll question, I was deliberate. I did not use the word would, I used the word will. Will an indictment of Donald Trump for obstruction of justice have the same political impact as the indictment in the stormy Daniels case. I used will not would because it's happening. The reporting is everywhere. I'm looking at the New York times today. He's been sent a target letter. Federal prosecutors have informed the legal team for former president, Donald J. Trump, that he's a target of their investigation into his handling of classified documents. After he left office, According to two people familiar with the matter, the notification to Mr. Trump's team by prosecutors from the office of the special counsel, Jack Smith, was the clearest sign yet that the former president is likely to face charges in the investigation. I'm going to talk about the political impact of this in a moment with all of you, but I first want to talk with Ellie Honig about the legal implications, you know, Ellie, He is my colleague at CNN. He is a great legal analyst. He's written a terrific book recently, Uh, Untouchable. Why? Let me do it from memory. Why famous people get away with it? Ellie, help me. Close. What's the? Close. Tell me. You get get a B plus.
1: How powerful people get away with it. You're almost there,
2: though. Uh (laughs) Aha.
1: How powerful
2: people. Well, let me ask you something. Is this powerful
1: person going to get away with it? So it depends, not to sound Clintonian here, but it depends on how you define get away with it. Is he, has he been, he's been indicted. He's very likely, and we'll talk about this in a moment to get indicted very soon by DOJ. Will he be convicted? I think is more of an open question. And even if he gets convicted, is he going to end up behind bars? That I think for reasons that are beyond what we're going to talk about today, I think it's very unlikely Donald Trump ends up behind bars at any point. Ellie, what is
2: the purpose? I want to do target letters for dummies. And as usual, I am the dummy (laughs) in chief. What
1: is the purpose of a target letter? So a few things here. In a federal investigation, you can have any one of three statuses. The best one that you want is just a witness. Happened to see something, standing on a street corner, saw a guy running out of a bank. You didn't do anything wrong. You're a witness. The middle ground is what we call a subject, meaning you're within the purview of the grand jury, maybe fringy or we don't quite know yet. The highest level, which you don't want to be, is a target. And the official definition of a target basically says two things. One, prosecutors have substantial evidence linking you to a crime. And two, you are, and I quote the justice manual here, the Bible of federal prosecutors, the person is a putative defendant. Now, putative is one of these great lawyer words because it can mean whatever anyone wants it to mean, putative is in the eye of the beholder but what it really means is an expected a likely defendant now target letters usually mean someone's getting charged but not always and i actually sort of surveyed some other former federal prosecutors some of them said oh i almost always charged everyone i sent a target letter to but others said that's not so maybe half maybe more than half and this gets to i think your original question michael why why would prosecutors send a letter saying hey in this case, Donald Trump, or in any normal case, you're a target. There's a few reasons here. The strategic reason is you might be trying to scare someone to flip them into cooperating. And in that case, a target letter would not go out at the end of a case. A target letter would go out quite early. There's also a sort of fairness concern. You want to play fair. You want to tell the person, so you know, we're looking at you so you can go get a lawyer if you need one. You can be careful about what you say. Um, So those are the main reasons that you send a target letter. I do want to correct one thing that's been said, frankly, incorrectly on several media outlets. Some people have said, oh, a target letter means we're at the very end. First of all, absolutely not true. Anyone who says that has never sent a target letter. In fact, quite often you send target letters early or in the middle of an investigation. The other thing is we don't know in the reporting when this target letter was sent. We don't know that it was even recent. We just all found out yesterday that there was a target letter, but it might have been sent a week ago or two months ago. So there's your quick uh, target letter for dummies. I hope that helped. Are Are you obligated,
2: you as a prosecutor, Ellie, a former prosecutor in the Southern District of New York, are you obligated
1: to send a target letter in certain circumstances? Great question. And the answer is no, this is actually entirely up to prosecutors. Look, I did mob cases. You know, I never sent a letter to John Gotti Jr. saying we're targeting. I never sent a never, target letter. Really? No, I never sent a target letter to a gangster and and practice varies on this a lot. There are federal districts, all part of DOJ. There are federal districts that as a practice will generally send target letters. Now, look, you're not going to send a target letter if you think the guy might flee, if you think the guy might commit acts of violence or obstruct witness, obstruct justice. But there are plenty of offices where the, you routinely send target letters. In the Southern District of New York, Manhattan, where I worked, it was, ve- it was uncommon to send target letters, except for, and this actually, I should have maybe included this in my book, in the securities fraud union. So if you're going after these Wall Street guys, they tended to send target letters but nobody else did. We were like, why would you tip anyone off? We're here to win. Why would you Why would you let anyone know? So not only does practice vary office to office, it actually varies sometimes unit by unit within an office. So you do not have to, sometimes you choose to do so.
2: Ellie, I get that a target letter doesn't mm-hmm. guarantee that a prosecution, an indictment, I guess I should
1: say, will follow. Right. But in the vast <laughs> majority of cases, it does, right? Yes, definitely. I would say the vast majority. I would say Look, I I hate to put numbers on things. Definitely over half the time, almost definitely over three quarters of the time. But of course, this is not your average case. And if you had to ask me, why are they sending one to Donald Trump here? They're not trying to flip him, right? (laughs) Who are you going to flip Donald Trump against? So that's a normal purpose of these. I think they're just trying to be as careful as possible. They don't want to be accused of skipping any safeguard, any protection. Look, folks, you know, I mean, again, we'll learn at some point when they sent this. But I think DOJ wants to be in position to say we were straightforward with him. We did him the courtesy of notifying him. And actually, given someone who talks publicly as much as Donald Trump and tends to sometimes say things that are not helpful, it enables you as DOJ to say, hey, we warned him. He wasn't out there saying crazy things at the CNN town hall, saying things that could be used against him, unknowing we put him on notice whenever they did that he's a target. And so normally what that prompts people to do is, A, go get a lawyer and B, shut up. So I think this is with a healthy eye towards the political aspect of all this.
2: In the minority of cases where a target letter is sent and an indictment doesn't follow, is it yeah. usually because you sent a target letter, now there's a meeting between a lawyer for the target and the prosecutor, and there's a revelation? Like, no, 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 let me explain, you know, here are some documents, here's some testimony, here's something perhaps you didn't know about that then changes the direction of the prosecution.
1: Yes, that's one scenario where a defense lawyer comes in and convinces you. And, you know, we've heard a lot about this meeting that happened this week between DOJ and and defense lawyers for Trump. Those meetings happen all the time, sometimes- Not often, but sometimes those meetings can persuade a prosecutor not to charge or to charge something less. Uh, Sometimes when you send that target letter as a prosecutor, you think you're probably going to indict. Maybe, again, you're trying to flip someone. But the evidence just doesn't come through for you. Or maybe you find something on your own that shows you, oh, maybe I don't have this case. So, yeah, I think that's what explains the, the gap between you, whatever the percentage is and the 100%. You, yeah.
2: you said here previously, I think you said it to me on, on POTUS. I don't think you said it to me on CNN, maybe in both places, that you, Ellie Honig, in your career, in those type of meetings, you were a listener.
1: Yes, Yes. I mean, think about what a great strategic advantage it is for prosecutors because you say, "Okay, other team, come on in and persuade me. I mean, this is probably going to overlap with what their eventual defense would be. I would go, hey, thanks for coming. Good to see you, Michael. You know, defense lawyer, Mr. Smirconish, have a seat. Uh, Floor is yours. Go ahead. And by the way, these presentations can be quite elaborate because for a defense lawyer, it's your best chance to avoid The indictment, which is the ultimate outcome, I've been given PowerPoint presentations. I've been handed uh, uh, not brochures, but you know, briefs, essentially saying, "Hey, prosecutor, here's why you're making a big mistake." There have been times, definitely a low percentage of times, I think I'd probably put it in the single digit percentage, but where someone has come in and because of that, or because of something that that sort of put me onto, I said, "Yeah, maybe it's not the right thing to charge this case," Um, and so. I was talked out of it, uh, you know, I don't know, under 10 percent of the time, but maybe around 10 percent. So, you know, it's an interesting strategic dance on the other side, too, because if you're the defense lawyer, on the one hand, you want to make your best case. You want to persuade the prosecutor. On the other hand, you may not want to tip off things, especially if you think it's very likely you're going to get indicted anyway. Ellie.
2: Thank you for being so gracious with your time, as always. I, I love this. It's so insightful. <laughs> no BS. You present it like nobody else. I have two other areas of inquiry that are related. One, okay, I, I didn't know that there was a Florida grand jury looking yeah. at the Mar-a-Lago docs. I don't know. Maybe you already recognize that. But why would there be two different grand juries looking at the same set of circumstances? This is
1: such an important development, Michael. You're right to notice it. So it could be that this is just a convenience measure, that the case is still based in DC and we've long you know, reported about things happening in the DC grand jury. Sometimes just you have a witness or a couple witnesses who can't or won't come up. Or, I mean, they, they have to if you force them, but you want to be accommodating this to go, tell you what, go into Florida, testify in the grand jury there. Then you just take the transcript of what the person said, bring it back to your main grand jury, in this case in DC, and you can just read it to them. So it might be that, but I think it's something more here because there is a crucial question of what we call venue. And what that says is when you're a federal prosecutor and you're charging a case, you have to charge it in the federal district where the crime occurred. Now, sometimes a crime is committed in multiple districts. And so then you have a lot of leeway as a prosecutor. You can choose either district. You're supposed to pick the district where more of the crime occurred. Now, let me pause for a second here. There is absolutely a major strategic consideration. Well. If DOJ was playing this by the book, they would charge it in Florida because they could have a venue problem if they charge part of this case in DC. Here's why. On obstruction, they can choose either because the law says you can charge obstruction either where the obstruction happened, let's say in this case, the moving of documents, the putting them in the storage room, that would be Florida, or where the investigation is based, that would be DC. But on any potential document mishandling crimes, They're going to have a problem in D.C. Here's why: People go, "Well, D.C. is the scene of the crime." He stole the documents from the White House from the archives. However, if it is the case, and I think it is the case, that Trump took all those left physically left D.C. and had those documents moved before he left office, while he was still president, anytime before noon on January twentieth, twenty twenty-one. That's not a crime while he's president. He can take those documents. He can bring them to Mar-a-Lago. He can look at them. It only becomes a crime after he leaves office. And if it's the case that he was already physically out of D.C., you're only going to have venue in Florida, not in D.C. So it, it, it wouldn't shock me if this case comes down as an indictment of Trump in Florida, not D.C. Now, let me quickly I'm, I'm- just hit this. Yeah, am I right that you,
2: as a federal prosecutor, would rather try this case in D.C.'s federal court than
1: you would? You know, you're going to get some folks from the yeah. villages, right, on that jury well, it, in Florida. It, it, so, right, right, you're p- folks like that. So, yes, if you're thinking strategically, win, 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 you're going to D.C. because Donald Trump. Do you know, Mike? I'll put you on the spot for a sec because you, you're going to get close. Do you know what percentage of the vote in 2020 Donald Trump got in the District of Columbia? I know cuz uh, I looked it up. I'm going to
2: say 7% with a margin of error of 5. You
1: are you you get credit for that. 5.4%. <laughs> it's amazing. Meaning meaning he got 94.6 of Washington DC voted against him. And of right. course he won Florida. He got 51% in Florida. And right. you know this would probably located in Palm Beach County where I looked he got I think 46 47 but strategically, if your goal here is win, win, win as a prosecutor, you are doing everything you humanly can to go to DC. But, and this could well be Merrick Garland and Jack Smith's approach. If their approach is, we shouldn't be thinking about that. We don't want to be accused of forum shopping. In all, if if you had the exact same jury pool in both districts, no brainer, you go to Florida. You avoid the venue legal problem. You you make it look more straightforward. So knowing Merrick Garland, and I mean this as a, a compliment to Merrick Garland, If he was, if he is just a straight shooter and says, we're not playing to win here, we're playing to do the right thing and handle this like any other case, you do it in Florida. But if I'm a prosecutor on his team and I want the W, I want the guilty verdict, I'm flipping out going, no, we have to do DC. We have to do DC. Very, very high stakes decision coming up.
2: Final observation. It looks like Jack Smith, and I, I know that I raised this with you months ago, is not waiting for January 6th. It looks like he's pursuing yeah. the document case, and we don't know what the status is or whether anything will ever materialize from the January 6th case.
1: I totally agree with that, and we have a brand new piece of reporting that supports that, which is that they've now subpoenaed Steve Bennett. Um, Steve Bannon obviously is a is a, an important witness on January 6th. I don't know that he has much of anything to do with documents. And so I agree with you. All indications are they that Jack Smith is going to take each case to the attorney general when that case is ready. He's not going to wait, it seems. He's not going to wait for both of them. And I think that's the right move. You have to they're, – they're under time pressure here. You and I have discussed this in the past. And so I think we're going to get a decision on – mar-a-lago first and then some point after that january
2: 6th untouchable how powerful people get away with it <laughs> untouchable how powerful people get away Not with at it. that
1: time
2: ellie that was excellent thank you so so much i really Thanks, appreciate Michael.
1: it talk to okay. you soon appreciate it
2: ellie honick has just provided a download that was extraordinary in terms of the legal aspects of this news about donald trump i want to talk to all of you about yes that but also the politics. Will you allow me to frame the political issue, the political side of this, the poll question aspect? I want to know how will this be received? Will it be received the same way as the Alvin Bragg indictment pertaining to Stormy Daniels? I I think differently. I think differently.
1: This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM.
2: You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit BuyAToyota.com.
0: Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards.
1: Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app.
2: Eli Honig is the man, okay? He understands the criminal side of the aisle far better than I. He points out that receipt of a target letter doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get indicted, but it usually does. In my opinion, uh, Donald Trump received that letter because he is soon to be indicted by Jack Smith in connection with, The obstruction charge rising out of the treatment of documents at Mar-a-Lago. I think it's game on. I think it's happening. The question that I'm asking in today's political poll at smirkadish.com is, or today's daily poll question, what will be the political significance? I have the data in front of me. I could run through with you and show you where Trump and DeSantis were preceding and after Alvin Bragg. But we've been through this before. I think you know that Donald Trump got a bump. And Ron DeSantis' numbers declined after Trump was indicted by Alvin Bragg in connection with Stormy Daniels. Yes, that happened. And I, I can't think of any other reason why, other than people believed, Republicans believed, that that was unfair. Maybe it was because of the hoops that Alvin Bragg had to jump through, legally speaking, to elevate that case to a felony. Maybe it was because it was seven years old, probably because of both of those things and because at its root, it was about sex. I know some of you are going to say, no, it was a misclassification of business documents. And if I did that, they'd come after me, yada, yada. I get it. It was about sex. And that's why I think that dog did not hunt politically. But this is different. In uh, Mark's Wide World of News today, which he similarly headlines, what happens to the presidential race if Jack Smith indicts Donald Trump? He says this, let's look down the road, around the corner, and to the end of the yellow brick road, which is one of the functions of the Wide World of News. Yes, Donald Trump might turn a Jack Smith indictment into a rerun of the Bragg indictment, Liberal Democratic Party weaponized deep state prosecutor who's coming after me with a fake witch hunt case to hurt you and our movement by trying to hurt me. Leading to his poll numbers against the Republican field actually going up. But then Mark says this and I agree. But the mood music of the current news cycle. Coupled with the spidey sense of those with spidey sense. Leads to a feeling at this time this case might just be fundamentally different. And then he runs through some of the coverage and says, it is time to ask the question. If a criminal indictment effectively knocks Trump out of the picture, what happens next? Is this going to knock him out of the picture? I mean, I can tell you there are like 10 people who believe this is the beginning of the end. And they are all the candidates, including those who jumped in this week, who are now running against Donald Trump for the nomination because Where he's at 50% in the polls and well-funded and essentially a GOP incumbent, there's no other reason to get into the race unless you think the weight of the prosecutions is going to do him in. And not because he'll be led away in handcuffs before people vote in November of 2024. I just think the totality of the circumstance. This has to embolden Fonnie Willis, the Fulton County DA, to now bring the goods after. It makes it easier. She'll be the third one in. It makes it much easier. But this is the case, I think, that he most has to fear. And and it's different from Biden having documents. It's different from Pence having documents because seemingly they've got video that show that the day before the feds arrive, for a meeting that is scheduled, they're shifting things around and then reporting that they've handed over everything when, in fact, the president knew that he didn't, which is why there was a search warrant executed. Remember, had to meet a a, a standard of probable cause twice in that whole process. And then they go in and they find like a 100 more documents that he didn't hand over. That's the obstruction. Now, you tell me what will be the politics of it. Chris, you get to go first. You're in Alexandria, Virginia. What will be the impact of Trump being indicted in this instance? Michael,
3: I, I don't know. I, I think I'm kind of with you. There might be a little bump again with with his base. It, honestly, That's not what
2: yeah, I'm saying. When Wait, wait, wait. When you say you're with me, just respectfully, that is not what okay, I'm, I'm saying correct. at all. You
3: are correct. You you did not say that. Now you said what you did say, and I mis I misquoted you. You said that there was a bump last time. Yeah, you felt know, you there was a for sure. Bump, correct. Yep. Yeah, yeah, right. So no, I didn't. I misquoted you. I apologize. Um, so, but what I think there is, and I do think there may be a coordinated effort to get to the goal line here. Uh, whether it's Fulton County, whether it's Alvin Brad, whether it's January sixth, where we're going to hand the ball off. Each other, and we'll make it there, and we're going to get to the goal line come October 24. We got a little over 500 days until the election. If they can slow walk this thing, and you know, just keep you know, handing a ball off, they'll make it there, and they're going to make sure they take all that time. And then they, I, I believe they want him to be the nominee. I think they're terrified for someone else to be the nominee. And if they once he gets there and he gets the nomination, I think they're going to drop the ball.
2: In other words, you no, think you think, th- you think these it, three yeah. you think these three prosecutors are coordinating yes. with one another in an to in so an extent. effort I, I believe it. in an effort to do what maximum political harm?
3: Yes, if you can slow walk this thing into a coordinated effort, right, and get <laughs> and get there to the end and make it to the goal line in October, and then somehow, you know, that then we're you know, well, I think the real, I think this problem.
2: I think the the longer that they take the more to Trump's advantage it is. I I think they've already, by the way, thank you, Chris. Appreciate your call. They've already taken too long. They have already taken too long. I mean, we're having conversation on this program already about the August 23rd debate rules. You know, 40,000 donors. And do you have one? We're, We're getting close now. It's like, I guess we're still in spring, but summer's here. And at the end of the summer, before the summer even ends, before Labor Day, those candidates will be on one, maybe two different debate stages. We're that far into the process. And if indictments come up against the debates, it looks political for cases that, at least with regard to the documents, are just not that complicated. So I I think it helps Trump the later this comes. But if this comes quickly, it's not helping Trump. I think it's going to hurt him. This is the Smirconish Podcast from SiriusX. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com.
0: Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards.
1: Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app.
2: Mike, you're in Aurora, Colorado, thinking what today?
1: Hey,
3: um, I'm really more curious of your thoughts. I I don't think that an indictment alone is going to impact Trump's base or even the Republican uh, voters. I think it's going to take more than that. But what are your thoughts on these indictments impacting the appetite of the RNC to support Donald Trump?
2: I think the RNC will have its finger to the wind and take the pulse of the base. And I don't know that it I don't know that it I don't know that it necessarily matters. I think that the RNC is toothless except for setting, you know, parameters of the debate. And even then they've got an issue on their hand where they want there to be a loyalty pledge What do you do with someone like Chris Christie who says, well, yeah, I'll I'll sign it, but I don't know if I mean it. By the way, that's not a literal quote, but that's what I took away from from his comments. I don't I don't think they have power. I I think if you're looking for an institution that has power in the Republican Party, you should be looking at Fox News. Like what will be the reaction by by Murdoch if Trump is indicted already? I think they want to cast him aside for DeSantis or somebody else.
3: Yeah, I I
2: see that. It's going to be interesting. Of that, I can assure you. Uh, Jackson, Mississippi. Michael, what are you thinking today? Hey,
4: Mike. Uh, Appreciate you taking my call. Sounds like we've got a handful of mics on our hands today. Uh, But what I wanted to say was, regardless of when this indictment comes out, I believe it is going to be detrimental. Uh, uh, Donald Trump, even though Teflon Don has somehow navigated all these other issues during his 2016 campaign um and during his presidency as well and on top of that i think it's going to fracture the republican party even greater because the presidential candidates out there now at one point or another they supported donald trump or or worked for him and you still have that maga base that's going to support him regardless are they? Uh, I, don't I don't know. I don't know. I
2: mean, they want to win, right? That MAGA base wants to win. And if they Thank look you. at him now bearing the brunt, here's something that's going to be very important. And, and stay on the line for a second, and, and you can react to it. If you've listened to me before, you know that in these matters, I often want to know, is this like Whitewater or is this like Watergate? Watergate, we understood it was a burglary. Whitewater was a complicated land transaction. The Stormy Daniels thing had elements of both. We understand sex, but the the whole document uh, misclassification, that got a little confusing. In this instance, Mar-a-Lago, I think, falls into the Watergate category in that I expect they're going to make a presentation and they're going to say, look, we recognized that he had documents that he shouldn't have had. We asked for them to be returned to us. They told us they had returned. He, the president, told us he'd returned everything. Now, here we have this video. The video shows that the day before we arrived to take possession, they were shuffling things around to keep them from us. He told us he'd given us everything. We executed a search warrant. And we found 100 more things that he hadn't handed back. It's going to be pretty straightforward and compelling. And whether that then turns the heads of some Republicans, that's what I'm really asking. That's what remains to be seen.
4: I I agree with you, but I also believe that uh, you can't I mean this is apples and oranges. Uh, we're an unprecedented area right now.
2: True, for sure. Uh,
4: considering a president. Yeah. And so... Comparing it to Watergate or White – I forget the other one. Whitewater. Um, Whitewater, excuse me. Uh, You know, again, unprecedented. It's kind of like COVID. There is no manual out there on how to manage COVID. It was – we made it up as we went along, and that's just my personal opinion. Um, I don't think we can look at the history uh, to repeat itself for this particular – Situation, um, just because at different times, and again, unprecedented. Michael,
2: Michael, the only situation. thing I know for sure, the only thing I know for sure is that I don't know. I'm just sitting here spitballing. Yeah, I, I, I have, I have an informed opinion, but I may be wrong. I've been wrong so many times with him. But like Mark said in his newsletter today, something about this feels a bit different to me, and we we don't know all that. Smith and Garland have one other thing for your consideration, if I may, I have no doubt that Jack Smith is going to Merrick Garland with a recommendation that Donald Trump be indicted about that. I'm, I'm certain you do know that we've discussed before. There's something called prosecutorial discretion. Merrick Garland gets to exercise it in this case. He can take the totality of circumstances into consideration and decide that it's not in the nation's best interest to move forward.
1: The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app.
4: Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com.
0: Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards.